You're welcome along to episode 7 of the fourth season of LOI Weekly and uh, this is yet again a coronavirus COVID-19 episode. We're just trying to get through uh, day to day, trying to get through week to week on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, at LOI Weekly on Twitter. We're obviously not on uh, TV for the time being and we're going back to where it all started really and on this show it's Daniel McDonald, Johnny Ward and we have Declan Kerry, the Cork City Chairman upcoming, going to go through the very, very uh, severe difficulties that they're facing in Turner's Cross as well as at every club pretty much in the League of Ireland. Maybe one of the clubs a little bit removed from extreme difficulty at the moment is Dundalk but at the same time Vinny Perth is going to come on we're going to live Skype uh, chat with Vinny to talk about how things are going at Dundalk and how they're managing to pay wages uh, as some clubs are despite this crisis and the fact that we won't have any football for a long time to come uh, Dan what is going on in your world at the moment oh, I am hello John how are things how are you um, getting on yeah I'm alright I'm okay um, I I uh, it's probably you know we're, we're all in the same same boat really as we said last week you know I'm sort of m- missing that bit of of human contact that you would have like just being uh, the likes of yourself and and various other heads in the football world like you kind of wonder like what what are you going to do I'm al- I'm almost thinking now like what are you going to do on your first day back to whatever is normality and who knows when that will be because I'm kind of thinking like what what's going to be top of the list is it now. Probably going for a haircut. I think that's going to be up there, very high at the top. Of you the have list. had an issue with this now because you you decided to let your hair grow a little bit too long, and all of a sudden, all the barbers were closed. Uh, I generally go for every six weeks, and I was around mm. five weeks or so when this started, and it did cross my mind in town one day. Oh, maybe I, you know, maybe should go now. But I really, again, like this is the walking evidence that I didn't realize it would get this serious, you know. So. Uh, that's definitely a problem. But like when you go for a, like a haircut, just like a pint in your local or, or something like that, you know. You can do this, both in some of those um, kind of... Is it just, or is it just, or is everyone just going to hang back and stay indoors just to be safe even when they're told? You know, is this just going to have an untold impact on our... Will we ever shake hands with people again? You know? Do you let so, your um, wife give the, the haircut a go? Uh, it's been discussed. I'm not going to lie. Um... Early can we get some interactions actually on the LOI Weekly on Twitter? Should Dan get his wife to put his hair? <laughs> and maybe you can send us a photo, a couple of angles of how bad it's gotten. It's it's not so bad yet, I have to say. But like I have to say, early negotiations have taken place about the possibility of a haircut, or at the very least, a neck shave. Um, because I just have this know, vision of it being like Father Ted in that car. So just one more little. <laughs> <if> I just <laughs> and then Dan comes across with a shaved head for next week's episode. Yeah, but uh, the, the, I don't know if you've, in terms of like uh, getting by, and again, I'm I'm always conscious of like trivializing it because it obviously this is obviously a very serious and situation. I think every industry and and workforce in the country, and it's one of the more so than even. Even the likes of likes of us and yourself, but race and stopping and like everyone's having um, you know difficulties. But you just have to sort of uh, find a some kind of distraction or, or positive distraction or whatever it might be. I don't know. Have you watched any of this uh, this Tampa Cup finals this week, Johnny on uh, on Air Sport? They're repeating them. I don't yeah, know you, fantastic you initiative. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, you're putting up tweets about Pat Finland and so on. I I sort of I'll be honest. I sort of forgot that. Um, that the draw to Cork one was on because I think it clashed with the le- the latest government update or one of the mm-hmm. sort of uh, the daily updates I think so um so I only got into extra time and it was a uh, Keith Fahey 
and Stephen Bradley combining for Mark Leach to uh, to score the winner. Now, I was at that game. I actually went through my uh, like email and I found out I was at the game. I did a match report and uh, I didn't really remember a thing about that match yeah. at all. It's sort of funny how the mind works. I put up something on Twitter during the week. I was getting grief for like picking out the couple of games that I, uh, the fans I remembered, a couple of Cork fans agreed that I, that my memory wasn't their memory, you know? Um, so you, you can't win. You sort of, you realise the amount of football games you've been to over the years that you've completely forgotten, which mm. is, like includes games from like major tournaments and uh, World Cups, and I, I've forgotten massive details of them. But uh, do you worry about that as in terms of the aging process as well, where you're like, Jesus, like I was at that game and I, I just actually don't remember it. And you know, you're working at the game. It's not like you're Ye- yeah, on the on the yeah. beer or whatever. You're just like, I actually just don't remember that. Yeah, small bit. I de- definitely would, but then. I guess you know people. People who understand how the brain works um, would 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 obviously reassure you by explaining. You know, there's obviously complexities to memory functions, but it is mm-hmm. odd. Like you know, there's some, some, you know, but it's the same thing that you can you can also remember the details of games from your childhood and can't remember the details of games you watched, you know, three weeks ago. Um, yeah, but it, but it is funny that like little things of the early Santa Cup stick in the memory and it's it's generally instances it's I remember being at the the, the Linfield one where uh, against Cork because it, it was a big deal in the early days so we were sending to all sorts of games you know and obviously as it went on and the crowds weren't as good papers maybe weren't minded to save for budgets to send to certain games and that might mm. even have been why I wasn't in Cork that time for that final but uh, the Joe Gamble interview I'm not even sure if I was in the interview with Joe Gamble or not but I just remember where he spoke about, and it was just unfortunate phrasing that Cork had molested Lindsay. I remember that. I was actually I, at that game. Yeah, uh, you were at the game. Um, but yeah. I, I sort of remember the, the, the shock. Uh, you know, just, my like, favourite memory of that, that game quote. is, without, without cutting across you, I got a lift back into Belfast City Centre with a load of Linfield fans. Mm. And... Um, uh, who I, I can't really... I think uh, the, the Linfield fans had put on a spread for the Cork fans on the Shankill Road that day, if I remember correctly, or somewhere in Belfast, anyway, near the mm. ground. And um, that was the day that the smoking ban came in in Northern Ireland, um, which I remember. But I remember a friend of mine from Warren Point said, I'll meet you in town afterwards. I used to work with in, in Satanta before it became air, obviously. And I just remember the look on his face as he saw this busload of Linfield fans slowly <laughs> grinding to a halt and letting me out at this kind of <laughs> Catholic fella from Warren Point and he's just like, what the... But it was a memorable trip and the... Was that a, Monday, was, was that a Monday night by any chance? I, 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 have a, I have a memory of it being midweek anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely remember like uh, a Monday or Tuesday night up in Belfast, you know, a couple of times for games and I definitely remember the Linfield draw the final very clearly because I'm pretty sure that was um, the first time, uh, or maybe that was a launch, certainly one of the first times I was in the, the boardroom at Windsor Park or one of the official rooms at Windsor Park where, of course, you're met with a portrait of the Queen, you know, when, when you're there as well, just, just, just up there next to, like, you know, I don't know, the, the county... You know the the, the Steel and Sons play cup winners <laughs> from 1977. You know, and then, then I wonder what's in the Bose uh, boardroom. They have like a, a portrait of Che Guevara or, or something like. Uh, well, they'll have to. Well, they'll, they'll be putting up one of Pascal Donahue now. I mean, he's one of the great <laughs> socialists of our time. <laughs> yeah, I, I I went on a couple of stand trips. I remember going up to 
Port it down with Cork City. It was like a seven or seven nil or seven one, something like that. But I remember just how how friendly they were in the in the club bar in Port it down. And I think it was it was probably around that time, like when the League of Ireland teams were given too many hammerings to the to the mm. Irish League teams for the good of the competition, as it's kind of slipped away a bit. But they were great days. I I, I remember mainly uh, just Pat Dolan and Felix Healy as co presenters, and Pat Dolan's insistence on. Uh, on uh, having the crack with David Jeffries and David Jeffries call him Bodrick and stuff like that. Good days. <laughs> In, innocent times, you know. Innocent but, uh, times. So. God, yeah, I'll definitely be watching as many of them as I can just uh, across the week. But, I mean, obviously, as we, like, you know, as we know, while this is happening, uh, news is still developing in the league and we're still trying to figure out where, where we're at. And um, without going too heavy on the updates... I, I do think that at least, I mean, I do mention the, the great sort of socialist government of our time, but um, the the government measures announced yesterday on sort of wage subsidies and and uh, various schemes that they're putting in place, that has been received quite positively within the league. And while I think that the, the, the asterisk that goes with everything, which is if football does return in June as scheduled, which is obviously still a massive, massive, if, you know, without meaning to get bogged down into reading every second person on Twitter who's now an expert on this, but obviously it's still a question mark around some of these timelines. But if football does resume in June, it does appear that these schemes that have been announced uh, are going to help clubs here considerably. Um, we have the clubs who've let players go, and those players will be able to, the full-time players will be able to seek €350 Euro a week which in some cases wouldn't be a million miles off you know, what they're earning anyway. Um, and then for those who have retained their players, um, you have a situation whereby um, you know, if players are earning what, up to 38000 a year, I think 70% of their wages would be covered. And also, a um, significant thing which is pointed out to me by, by people who understand this far better than me, the, the, the slashing of the employer's PRSI is mm-hmm. also uh, going to reduce the wage bills for for clubs. So all of a sudden, you know that it may not seem uns- insurmountable to reach some kind of settlement or deal um, with players. We've seen obviously Bowes do it; they're basically paying a, a smaller weekly wage, but over a longer period uh, to 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 bring in the 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 December extension of the season uh, again along the timelines that have been planned. Um, and and we see Shelburne maybe going that road and. Other clubs maybe looking at their options. I think the one thing that's obviously a potential issue is that the likes of, say, Cork City and Sligo, who who basically let their players go, um, you know, and haven't necessarily as as yet committed to, say, paying them all the monies that they're owed in 2020. If they are earning more than that, um, will those players, in theory, be free agents after you know four weeks of not being paid? Could they go to another club, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Mm if they don't work out a deal. So I think that's something that's that's probably going to come up. I, I think, you know, what my understanding would be that some clubs who haven't maybe met their, and we're speaking now just for people who have listened, might listen at some stage across the week. We're speaking now Wednesday afternoon uh, for clubs who maybe haven't declared their stance yet. Maybe the likes of Finn Harps and Waterford who, who are honouring all payments. They might be looking at that equation and, and, and figuring out you know, well, there's this government scheme that exists. Uh, does that justify us keeping our players on? Is that better than risking losing players? And, um, you know, how they would feel about clubs who've, who've maybe taken, pressed the eject button easily. 
Um, and that's that's just something that we need to, to figure out. But I, I I was happy at least that, that, that there seemed to be a feeling that the news yesterday was good for mm. our clubs because they need some kind of encouragement. Here's a bit of a teaser to uh, probably the most enjoyable aspect uh, of the show today in terms of maybe interaction from the listeners, which is the best League of Ireland team from this century, but you can only pick one player from any given club. And uh, Dan, I've got to give a mention to Tony Mulrani here, who, like me, now is in an absolute crisis because Tony, a big Pats fan, but he's... um, Day to day, he's involved in racing, so he's basically has, he won't mm. have much to do for the next while. But he's gone with Clark, Hoare, Kenna, Brown, Bulger, Brennan, Fahyundo, Byrne, Forrester, Fagan. And as you pointed out, they're all Pats players, obviously. All Pats players, but they've just, who've, you know, who've all played at other clubs. And a few people have done this. I mean, I don't want to insult people who contribute and listeners, but that's obviously just cheating, you know? I mean, like, it these, is. These, these are the people. You know, if, if if it was Noah's Ark, they'd be trying to take four horses on, you know, but two of them painted black mm. and white, like Zebras, you know? So yeah. like, this this is this is this is their solution. It's not really in the spirit of it, because like I put a bit of thought into trying to uh, uh get eleven players in a, a good team to reflect the two centuries the two centuries, two decades. I feel like a century by the end of it. I gotta um, suggest um you must have must have found the back four quite difficult if you didn't I'd be real trouble it was a challenge yeah, and yeah. The, the back do you, four do you want to get knocked at all well I, I yeah I mean I tried to also pick a team that would work together to, rather than just say picking pick sort of six attacking midfielders you know what I mean or six strikers but um, okay. yeah so as a result though yeah by by putting in we'll go to our teams later but by putting in <laughs> someone like Ian, Ian Birmingham which I have that means I can't include Keith Fatty for Pats but like you have loads of other midfielders and strikers, so in defence, like is, is absolutely screwed unless it has the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, to be honest, so was mine. But um, <laughs> I, I, I did put one. Uh, I, I'm hoping that they're going to have the ball a lot. But uh, we'll, we'll listen. We'll get to that later. Maybe before that, we'll just get to Declan Carey from Cork because I, met, I, I was in contact with Declan this morning. We're not going to lie, using the, the joys of WhatsApp audio at this time. Um, Declan is obviously the chairman of Cork City and they are a club that's um, central to the news of what's going on. Everyone is central to it, but I guess Cork um, were out there first um, along with Sligo by uh, Andrade, I should say, but in terms of uh, our our full-time Premier Division club, the Cork made a stand before the government scheme was announced yesterday to announce that after paying one more week's wages, they would uh, they would be stopping payment to their squad, and uh, I did start off initially just by asking Declan basically, you know, how they responded to the the COVID nineteen crisis and what was the the decision making process they went through before taking the actions that they did. Yeah, Daniel. Look, obviously, it was a very difficult decision for us to to make with regards um, our staff wages and salaries um but look yeah ever since the uh the COVID-19 um crisis got to the escalated stage that it did that resulted in the uh, our games being indefinitely postponed we tried to kind of push the ball out as long as we could but unfortunately we got to a stage where we had you know numerous numerous discussions and and meetings with our financial officers accountants um payroll our operations manager um and yeah we uh we just made the, the decision based on cash flow projections um it was something we 
had been tracking, um, as I said, on a daily basis and not an easy decision to come by. But look, we have to safeguard the club. That's our responsibility to our shareholders and members. And ultimately, yeah, that's the, the decision we, we came to. Um, we weren't aware of any government funding at that stage or any plans um, with regards um, employees who were impacted by COVID-19. So look, we had to act fast and um, and, and put some kind of a cutoff point in place um, with regards to our own situation. Um, we are aware that other clubs ha- are in a similar situation to us and other clubs have restructured um, and then other clubs are just continuing to pay players as normal. We have to kind of take the decision um, based on, on our, our own position at, at, the, at the present moment. And um, yeah, as I said, difficult one to take, but ultimately we feel it was the right decision for the club overall. So I then asked Declan, and this was something I, w- I was actually keen to ascertain. And, and in fairness, you know, it's early days yet, but um, have the measures announced yesterday made them rethink their their actions in any way? And, and I say that from the perspective of um, would they possibly look at restoring payments earlier if, if there was a possibility that there's more wage subsidies available for them? So, uh, yeah, I put that to Declan as well. Yeah, that was a, a very welcome announcement by the government yesterday. Um, again, it came out of the blue for us. Uh, we had heard rumours, just like the rest of the, the general public over the last couple of days, that the government were going to come up with some kind of alternative plans. Um, so, yeah, we are looking into that a bit more deeply. Um, there are conditions, of course, that, that you know have to be met um, by, by an individual company to avail of those benefits uh, for employees. But yeah, we're 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 looking into that now actively, um, and yeah, we'll we'll make a, a further decision. Look, I think um, what what this whole experience is, has taught us is that you know you can expect the unexpected. So, look, we'll um, yeah, we take things on a day to day basis at this stage um, with any updates that come from the government or the FEI, um, and yeah, we, we we'll deal with those as they come. And we're certainly um, looking into yesterday's announcement. Um, as much as we can our treasurers uh, doing a lot of work on that front as well um and yeah we'll we'll kind of see how that will impact us in the in the coming weeks um certainly it looks at this stage at first glance that it will benefit us um so yeah fingers crossed that we can um you know utilize that to, to, to the full extent and um and it should alleviate things a bit for the club and for the players as well um it we have a responsibility to look after the players and 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 make sure that they're all in a you know, stable position themselves, and look, yeah, we've um, we've done things like maintaining their accommodation for players that are not from Cork, and um, we've supported players as well when they want to, you know, go back home. So yeah, look, it's um, it's definitely something we 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 hope will will make life a lot easier for everyone, and uh, yeah, I'm sure um, you know, take away that bit of anxiety. I'm sure it would have for for employees and and players when, you know, they. It, it, their own wages and salaries are, are impacted for the, the next next couple of months. Yeah, and finally, I just asked Declan, really, uh, on, I mean, as we know, Cork have already had a difficult time financially as it is. So clearly, like, this has placed a further strain on them. And also, uh, what does this actually mean for the proposed takeover talks, which were, I guess, ongoing or maybe being put out to members for consideration and, and discussion? So, uh yeah, this is what Declan had to say about that. Yeah, um, and I, I think regards to this crisis, we, you know, we're uh, we're pretty much used to it now down in Cork at this stage. Look, we've been um, dealing with crisis after crisis, I think, over the last 12 to 18 months, none to the seriousness of this and a national and international crisis such as this one. 
Um, but yeah, we've uh, you know had cash flow difficulties over the last year to 18 months. We've had issues with the revenue, issues in securing a license. Um, our crowds have dropped dramatically since, you know, probably looking back towards mid-2018. Um, and yeah, while, you know, we've we've rolled with the punches, as they say, uh, for the last couple of months and, and year. And uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, things just come about that, that are completely unexpected like this one. Um, but we do honestly feel that the club is, you know, with with the board that we have now, we're looking at things a lot more um, prudently. And um, yeah, it, it, this kind of thing, you know, while we were going to, you know, when preparing for the Bohemians game was was kind of taken away from us at the last minute. It wasn't a complete catastrophe. It did cause us to have to think on our feet, but we were in a financial position at that stage where you know we did have some breathing space, which was uh, which was refreshing for for our club. And yeah, um, we we don't have a, a enormous wage bill like we would have had in in previous years as well. Um, that's been kind of well documented over the last year. In terms of our budget for 2020, and um, that does have its uh, its positives as well when it when it comes to a, a, a situation like this. And we did have a bumper crowd as well against Shelburne, and a very decent crowd against Finn Harps at the start of the year. So that did help our, our short term cash flows, and um, yeah, it, it it did make dealing with this a, a bit easier. So um, yeah, thankfully the club was was set up for 2020 in a in, in a stable position. And um, yeah, once we once we got our Premier Division license, we were in a in a great place and. Yeah, the the financial assistance that we got as a result of selling on the the clauses was hugely beneficial for us. And um, you know, if we had not got that, I I, I shudder to think where we we would be right now. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess the, the leading on to that, then the, the discussions we would hope with Mr. Hemmings and and Grove More Limited with regards their interest in a potential takeover of of Cork City FC, we'll um, I'm sure revisit that with them when when the time comes and um, when when the time does eventually come then to make a decision we'll uh, you know of, of course keep our members as up to date as, as much as we can and and they'll ultimately make a decision on that so yeah um, yeah going to be a tough couple of months ahead but I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get through it and um, our supporters have been fantastic so far and supporting us with a number of initiatives like our online streaming merchandise especially have taken a, a huge increase as well so Look, it's all helping, um, but we need more of the same really now for the next uh, next couple of weeks and months. So, uh, yeah, while it's all much appreciated, um, there, there's certainly a lot more we can do, and we'll work continuously in the background as well to, uh, you know, give uh, give supporters and fans an opportunity to uh, to contribute. Uh, we we've seen, I suppose, Dan uh, Garrod Morrissey, um, you know, give an interview to or basically wrote a piece in the Forty Two as well, and very very kind of. Um, I suppose, mature response from players. I found this across the league that, uh, and, and this seems to be consistent really in, in sport in general and I suppose in most strands of life in that everyone knows that whatever your position is is probably somebody in a much more serious position and we just have to get in, you know, we just have to battle through this together. But in fairness to Declan as well, uh, you know, Cork City have had well-publicised um, financial issues over the past while and I think he spoke well there. Um, I don't know what you made of it. Yeah, no, like I mean, I, I do really feel for the for the Cork, uh, you know, the Corks that are bored and people down there, you know, because they obviously inherited a difficult situation. A lot of them and and, and budgetary mistakes that were made before they went in, um, and they've been firefighting and and they had to sort of as as Declan mentioned, they had to do a deal with those clauses and I mean the club was at a crossroads no matter what. And I suppose yeah, if you want to take a glass half full approach on it. Um, it would be that 
the fact that the wage bill is low, as he mentioned, maybe you know some of these schemes that are available now, or or even if they choose not to activate them, that it's not it's not comparable with a, a time if they had twenty nine players on their books and, and they exactly. were hemorrhaging money. Um, but it's still not good. I mean, you know, one of the things that does appear to have happened, I think, you know, the, it's a positive thing that the the league are basically waiving the affiliation fees that are due um, to that are Premier Division clubs are sort of due to pay or it's deducted from money going to them and for like Premier Division club at 17,000 euros that's a considerable amount of money now you know I gather you know that even still though for someone like Cork I mean they don't really see the benefit of that because they're sort of still dealing with stuff that were there so mm-hmm. um, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a tough one I think players as you say yeah I think there's a mature response to it I, I think everyone accepts that that uh, it's going to be hard for anyone in society to avoid pain in some description here. And, um, you know, football will resume. It will come back eventually. And when it does come back, we may still have to, you know, it could be a, if we head into some form of reception, you know, recession that there's going to be maybe an impact on wages over the next maybe one, two, three years in, in most places in the country. But uh, they, they still should have work to return to. Um, yeah. Now, like it's it's one of these weird ones, uh, Johnny. Like that, the, uh, you it's still so early, you know, to to make firm judgments. But you do see with football at all levels, like even in England, you know, Birmingham, um, and clubs in the Championship in England, they they have massive wage bills, the massive losses they run up. But because they probably generate such income, they can almost keep going. But when, when football stops as it does now, I actually think for some of those clubs, it's going to get way more difficult than it might for a League of Ireland club with a wage bill of maybe, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 grand a week. I mean, you saw Aberdeen talking about how they have, we were expecting five million pounds of income. And they're suddenly, you know, they're not getting that in the next couple of months. So um, in some respects, being a smaller league, it reduces your exposure to some degree. And, and hopefully this government scheme um, you know, makes for makes for a sort of a smoother transition through whatever phase we're all going to have to go through here now. Tony, you mentioned Aberdeen there. I was actually looking up the the Aberdeen Bows game um, for a couple Remember of reasons. Well? Yeah, I was at the game in Talca, but I, I was looking up just to kind of look back on that Bows team and you know to to see if there were a couple of players that maybe I, I was. Uh, missing out on for this for the team that we have to pick but earlier on this week uh, Luca Reardon um, Bo's PRO he put up a, a tweet uh, in honour of his late mother um, for Mother's Day or whatever and I was just texting about it and he said uh, you know I was asking her was she a Bose fan and he said no but I do remember she was delighted to go on holiday in Scotland in whatever year it was 2001 and strangely enough the holiday we had just happened to culminate in a trip to Pataudry <laughs> to watch and you know I think I think it's beautiful that time of the year I believe yeah, yeah I, I mean um, it was just it, it, it was it was really uh, it was lovely actually going back in memory lane and lo- looking at some of those games as who well. Who was and taken down for the penalty? Trivia. It's always like who, who for the away game who was taken down? And Billy like, Boy got the goal, didn't he? Yeah, but who was taken down? It was like a sort of a sort of a hard man midfielder. Uh, I don't know is that the way to describe him, but certainly uh, not someone that you would imagine being involved in a great League of Ireland European you maybe. No, no. Hard man um, midfielder at Bowes in. I mean, I don't know what happened. It'd be sort of hilarious if I was wrong now. No, I'm, I'm fairly sure I'm correct on who it was. Um, were you at that put, game? 
uh, in Scotland? No, mm. no. Or or the one in Dublin? No, I wasn't. No. Um, Who was the player so, then? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Darren O'Keefe. Um, I hope God. it was. Anyway, if not, he was taken down for a penalty at some point in that run. But I'm I actually sure, don't even uh, really remember him as a player, not to mind the instance. Yeah, Darren O'Keefe, who was might have played for Drada as well, maybe. But he was listen. Bose fans will correct me if I'm wrong, but I have a feeling he was involved in an incident in that game. And Pataudry, I'm sure. I'm sure some of the people who were holidaying in, Ar- in Aberdeen around that time might be able to uh, clarify that quickly enough. You know. Yeah. So. Um, let's go to Vinnie Perth and um, Vinnie. What were your experiences of uh, European football? Unbelievable time for Longford, considering how the club had progressed in in that time when basically went from the, the kicking boys in the first division to playing in Europe. It must have been an amazing time, particularly taking on that calibre of opposition. It was, yeah. I think, our, if I remember correctly, our first team was a, a Bulgarian team. called Lee Lee, was it? That's it, yeah. And um, I suppose it was, it was a surreal experience. I mean, the ground in Longford is actually, it doesn't get the credit it deserves. It's a, it's a beautiful ground. and um, I remember we, we trained the day before the game and, was it, there was a there was probably a couple of hundred seats in the ground, and we came back the following night to play, and there was six thousand seats in the ground. It was real. Everyone from the community came up and put seats into the ground. It was it was pretty amazing, and, and then the game itself. Obviously, uh, they were they were you know Bulgarian football at that stage was really really good, and I think the difference now is we we got I think Paul But Butner. Um, his, his wife was from Bulgaria, if I'm not Correct. mistaken. Dan he might know that. It's correct. He actually met her at the Ireland-Bulgaria game in 1987 when uh, that, that campaign where Ireland qualified for the Euros. So, um, wow. yeah, a landmark moment for football in Ireland and Paul Butner at yeah. that, that tournament. Yeah, he gave us some information and what wasn't a lot back then. If you think of the difference now, like you'd spend hours and hours on European opposition, but we got to... Um, I, I'm presuming they were DVDs at the time. They may have been cassettes, but we got two games to watch of them, and um, it wasn't the best quality. But at the same time, you were like, oh, "These aren't. These are okay," you know. And we didn't have the same exposure. But when we met them, God, they were a good side. And um, yeah, for me, it was um, for I suppose for me or Longford, where especially where we come from, like we, you know, the story's being told a hundred times, but we came from nowhere. It was a, a Stephen. Uh, obviously threw a team together from from first division clubs and Leinster senior league clubs and within three years we're playing European football like in, in this stadium as I said with five and a half six thousand seats so yeah, you, you mentioned that really as well the, sorry you mentioned the the, 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 the the ground there I mean Longford is a, a town of about 10,000 people and for a town to have the ground the lovely ground and I, I remember distinctly it being put together much of it around that run but um, it, it, where did you actually I, I, I struggle to remember this where did you come from prior to Longford when Stephen picked you up yeah, I was playing Leinster Senior League with, with Cherry Orchard at the time. So, um, And that's where a lot of us came from, from St. Francis. Paul McNally was at St. Francis. I suppose the only sort of one, or well, Stephen, Stephen Kelly uh, at the time had a good career with Finn Harps and Dundalk. But mm. Stephen O'Brien was at Shelbourne. But beyond that, everyone was sort of picked up from um, someone like Shay Zeller, who was, who was a bit of a hero down in, in Longford. Uh, would have came from a club called Tala Town. We would have really picked the players from from everywhere. So 
Um, and then for us, in, within two and a half years, to be playing European football was, was surreal. So It's uh, absolutely not. It's absolutely nuts when you think about it. Like, whatever about what Kenny did, picking up those players at Dundalk from mainly from, you know, they were good players. Like, he's picking up lads from non-league and to do it and that, it, it, it seems like fairy tale stuff when you look back on it. Yeah, but even someone like um, in, in time, Stewie, Stewie Bourne, like Stewie was at home farm and his career, um, I don't know whether Stewie might text me now if he hears this, but Stewie's career had stalled. Like it, it wasn't going anywhere in a hurry. And um, it, it was such a shot in the arm when he signed for Longford. And obviously Longford had that amazing run. And then he went from there to Shells and he never looked back and he had an amazing career. But he needed that club. And um, I suppose that was, listen, uh, that was the knack. There was players like that. Paul McNally went on to win a league title at Bohemians. There was there was some serious players there. Sean Prunty had a brilliant career. Uh, was talking about giving up the game, and you know Stephen didn't leave him alone. So we sort of all came together. It was a little bit like Dundalk in one sense, you know, where there was a bit team spirit. There was, you know, huge. You know, my two best friends in life would be Barry Ferguson, Alan Murphy. Played with him at Longford and. We've gone on for the last 15, 20 years to be really close. It was that sort of group. And you get that every so often in football clubs. And, um, you know, obviously then it, it all came together in 2003, 2004 when we won FEI Cups. But um, that was a magical time. That European experience for, for players who'd come out of Leinster Senior League football was, was, was pretty special, to be fair. It's 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 amazing, Dan, when you think about it, um, and and obviously now we've uh, the situation of Stephen Kenny having gone from from that to the, the cusp of the Ireland manager. You're the Dundalk manager, and here we are all these years later. But how how are things going in Dundalk? How are you how are you finding this? I know Dundalk are in a better position in terms of strength than most other clubs, if not all other clubs. But um, how has it been for you guys? Yeah, it's funny. It's been a difficult. Genuinely been a difficult 10 days and the first world problems, don't get me wrong, um, but yeah. it's been difficult. It's, it's when you remember, you know, you, you manage a football team and um, that's the difference. Some people coach teams and you definitely have to, um, I feel like you've got to manage a team as well and it's, there's a fine difference between both. Uh, at the moment, I feel like, you know, it's been a really, really busy week or 10 days since since Thursday, we trained ahead of the Pats game, expecting to play. The game was called off that evening. And since then, it's just the same with the whole world. Nobody knows what's happening. Um, it's been very difficult because, again, I manage 30 people there, thereabouts. And uh, they've all got partners, mothers and fathers. They've all got different stories in their life. And um, it's very difficult. I think sending WhatsApps and text messages is very cold. So you've got to try and speak to people as best you can. Um, and, and, and I suppose put their mind at ease and you've also got to deal with the board uh, owners and, and find out where they're coming from what's the, the thought process we expected the league to shut down for what was it two, two and a half weeks it's now obviously a lot longer and then there's concerns but ultimately we, we've got some good news from, from our owners but I find that really difficult as well because you know especially a town like Dundalk there's so many big business gone gone where they've laid people off and you almost don't want to say it too loud not that not that I want to hide it but it's it's like um you feel for people at the moment and um yeah. as much as we're we're in a privileged position and I have a difficult job at the moment strangely enough uh, you think football stops but then you become a manager as I said and you've got to manage people and 
uh, help people as best you can. But as I said, the, the community is really, really suffering in Dundalk, and I suppose it's the same everywhere else. On a personal level, have you kind of, I suppose, have you stayed away from loved ones in your family on account of maybe their age and stuff like that, or? Yeah, and I'm not too bad. Like my parents aren't that old, and um, there's no one sort of. Um, I have a brother who I would stay away from, from for medical reasons if he was home, but he's living in. He's actually living in London, which creates a little bit of you know worry. So I haven't been too bad. Um, you know, my, you know, kids are healthy. Uh, wife is healthy, so there's no real concern. As I said, um, we, we as, we'd have people who'd ask you questions. We we may have, for example, you might have a player who is a or uh, who has a partner who's pregnant, and you don't know. Nobody knows. Doctors can't really tell you anything. Um, you're sort of telling everybody stay away as much as, uh, especially the first couple of days. We had the ground open to our players if they needed to use it. Um, but it's gone to that stage now where you can't demand anything of anybody, and it's 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 ultimately you just want people to protect themselves, um, and you wouldn't ask anybody to do anything that you wouldn't be willing to do yourself. Yeah, Vinny. I mean, you um, as you said, like it's it's not something that you want to be sort of uh, you know boasting about or something or, or coming out with a grand statement that you know we're okay. Um, but at the same time. Um, you, you probably still always like everyone has to have a communication with their employers or you know owners or whoever it might be at this time. So, like I, I assume it was still reassuring though as well just to get that letter that you received. I think was it last Saturday just to you know just to sort of let everyone know that not to worry. Yeah, I, I suppose it's it's definitely reassuring. And obviously, I, the point I was trying to make was I, I would have been the link between the board for the guts of 30 people and their families. So, um, you know, no, you don't want to, certainly wouldn't like to brag about it. I understand that, you know, I've spoken to Neil Fenn, uh, for example, and um, just to, I suppose, to reach out and, you know, there's nothing I can do, and uh, but at the same time, show a bit of support. I understand clubs are suffering at the moment. There is, there is clubs like ourselves who are healthy enough. Uh, we're sort of lucky that gate receipts aren't the driving force of, of Dundalk. Um, we don't have huge gates, so therefore they don't drive, drive what we do. Um, so, yeah, it was re usually reassuring. It, it does tell me that, I've been saying this for a while, and it's going to be tested now, but I believe League of Ireland clubs are in a healthy state in the vast majority of them. I think it's going to be obviously tested over the next 10 or 12 weeks. Um and but at the same time, it's good news. It, but you're you're just so conscious, Dan, of throwing out good news, saying I'm all right, Jack, and um, mm. someone else is someone else is on his laptop trying to get you know onto social welfare or whatever the case may be. So very conscious um, of of people. It's it's happened in my own family where uh, people have lost their job. So um, it's a, it's a difficult time, and it's not one you want to shout out too loudly. But at the same time. Um, we have to be proud that we were connected with such a good club and such good owners. What's the vibe been like from other managers or other clubs you've spoken to? Uh, it's the same as society, I would say. There's a, there's a huge amount of uh, uncertainty and um, no one, like, you can't demand anything of any player or anybody connected to, to your club at the moment. You can't say, you know, I want you in or you, you have to do this or do that. Um, at the same time, we've put Similar to other clubs, we've put structures in place where you know players have to do certain runs, they have to do certain gym sessions, they've 
they've been able to take some of the gym equipment from our ground home with them. Um, our strength conditioning coach, that would be part of a, he, he would do that as part of his living as well. He would have a business where he would remote train people through an app. Um, that would be part of his sort of business. So we have, a, ironically, we have a, an advantage in that, that we're already set up for that. Our players would be, would be prepared for home training. You know, it's, it's funny you mention that as well, because I have a friend who's a yoga teacher and she's, uh, she's been doing, obviously, these video classes. And I think something that will come out of this is that that'll actually become a lot more common. Um, it's just like, we don't need to meet. We can actually do this remotely. Yeah, well, he's been running his business like that for a couple of years. Graham Norton mm. has a really good, uh, strong business of Junction 6 in Blanchestown. So um, he's already set up in that sense. So where players have been, would, would do that with him, we've done it in the off-season. It's just a bit of luck that we happen to be set up that way, but um, I suppose it's it's amazing. Even even myself, I'm I'm probably running more now than, and I don't mind it. I do do a lot of road running, but I'm running more now than I ever did. Just just to keep your your sort of mind active, and the amount of people you see out in the roads is is uh, tells you that people are trying to stay healthy, and maybe maybe society might improve as a result of this, believe it or not, so um, in terms of people might be healthier well, or, or else we'll go and spoil it one big party when it's all over. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to do both, but I don't know, Vinny, I mean, I suppose the main reason we got you on was the fact that we've a, we've a really pressing issue here and this is probably the first time we've spoken to you about it, but um, Dan hasn't had his hair cut in some time, so we're kind of wondering, <laughs> should it be a situation that his wife just has a, has a pop at it or should he just let it grow? Uh, if if I was Dan, to be honest, I'd let his hair grow. I I think he's got a. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna try and be kind to him, but I'm not sure mm. his hair his head shape would suit the tight too tight of a haircut. So <laughs> I said I'd try and be kind to him. I couldn't. I would let it grow, Dan, if it was me. That's you're fine, buddy. I'd like to if you're trying to slag you. <laughs> Bloody hell. It's a very valid consideration, but I mean. Listen, I'm speaking to two lads who I, I do have a full head of hair option, lads, you know? So, uh, no, that's fair. I, I accept uh, that. Yeah, I accept you know, that. So, I'll take that. But um, I, I don't know, Vinny, like, I mean, as much as you say that you're, you're, you know, you're communicating with players now and you have them on a, you know, you, you have them on a program and like everything is nicely structured, but we're speaking now at one, two weeks, you know. It's it's not madly different to like a, an off season or you know even maybe a I, I know you wouldn't have a mid season break like other clubs would you you work through it but you know what I mean are, are you worried though when you get to like five weeks six weeks that all of a sudden it just becomes different I mean even not just in terms of keeping fit but even just that focus that comes from from being in season like I know people would speak about our top clubs having a great focus but. It's only natural, like that. This existence that people are in now—it's weird. And like, how do you, uh, like, you know, how often are you going to have to speak with people just to check, you know, that they're that when they come back to work, that their head is totally in the game? Because it must be a bit disconcerting for people, or it will be, uh, when the longer this goes on. Yeah. The, look, last week was was a lot easier uh, because you know we were working off, we were playing Sligo on. I think. What was the original date? Early, early April. Um, so, uh, so we were of April, yeah. 19th. Yeah. We were working off that date. So, um, that was a goal. So last week was much easier. As I said, there was no real. We didn't have to adapt to anything. We'd already got these programs in place, and we were able to communicate with the players. Um, but there's no, 
this week, you know, it, there's no point in there's no point that this this week, you know, doing mad training sessions. It's too far away, and you're going to have to uh, let the body decommission to a point, and then rebuild it up towards the start of the season again, whenever that date may be. Um, you know, you just but at the same time, an athlete now at the at the level our players will be at, and most League of Ireland players will be at, they they. They don't do what what happened when I played, where the off season would come and fellows would put on weight, and they'd spend the first two or three weeks losing weight. It's now um, they're now fully trained athletes, and they do go all year round. They just uh, lower their work rate at certain times. So it's about managing that. Like we gave the lads a, a job to do a five k run um, um, last Monday, and it was just it was more of a test than anything else. To be honest with you, it was more. That's it was very early in the process, and we had to speak. Are they doing that at the same time, Vinny? Then, yeah, so no, so that was the that was the point. Then we had to ring a few of them and give out to them. They were literally doing it too quick uh, and at risk of injury. So it's like 5k runs is not doesn't equate to football training, it's it goes against it. It was more getting them up, up and running. They they done it on Map My Run, and then they had to upload it so it could we could as staff look at all of them. And we had to give out to some people. They were doing it in ridiculous times, like where it was so quick that give you're saying. Give a few names there. No, no, I won't give you any names. But so, it, are you sure they didn't strap the equipment to their dog or something? Oh uh, well, yeah. There, there was Chris Shales would be a candidate to do something like that, <laughs> or or go around on a, a electric scooter or something. But, um, no, but you know, so you, you it, they're they're trained athletes, and you're trying to slow them down. And it's the same for all clubs now. Um, we've we've got enough time. To get them back to the level they need to be for me also i have to be very conscious that this virus exists but also that's the difficult part i'm managing in my own head that europe may start end of july early august and we've got to be ready for that and the players have to be ready for that so um that that's the difficulty of they can't i can't let them come off too much i can't let them train too hard and I've got to keep an eye on that and um, and obviously manage that with with a, a very dangerous virus around as well. So it's it's actually it's um it's a difficult one to get right in your head. What's the right thing to do and what's not right? You know. Is, is there still people in the club itself day to day? You know, Vinny. Like obviously work work still goes on. I mean, it's it's still the office as such. I mean, is that sort of something that's been managed a bit as well? Yeah. Well, I suppose. Um, it's not like there's no doubt Oriel needs a, a fair bit of work to be done. Um, mm. You know, that's no secret. So mm. there is, especially last week when the um, you know everything within the HSC guidelines. But we've locked the ground down to the public. Um, it is that type of ground where even if we were training, people come in, have a little look, and, and wander back out. We wouldn't. We've never been against that. Uh, but the ground has gone into into lockdown. There is. Some skeleton crew there again. There may be some people within our staff who would, you know, would have to go into lockdown just for friends or family or people acquainted. But there is some work going on. There, there is. We see it as an opportunity. Um, there's a brilliant saying: "Chaos creates opportunity." It's an opportunity to improve Oriel, but we can't do any major groundworks at this time. I mean, I mean little things: a fresh lick of paint, our training ground, our training grass pitch at the moment would be would be, particularly with the weather, would be exceptional and, and ready for use when we need it. So 
Um, we do see it as an opportunity to improve the ground, but obviously with yesterday's um, government sort of guidelines, we, we, we have to restrict that now even further. So, um, mm. yeah. What did you make of the, the start of the season, obviously? I, we hadn't had you on, and the Flores goal, the, the game in Tala, probably the best advertisement ever for the League of Ireland. Um, you know, the, the title race was kind of just, just coming into a nice little start, and then all of a sudden it was called off. Yeah, I, th- I think it was, it was an interest. The start of the season really interesting. I think um, sort of confirmed what we thought, and we didn't know what way Pats were going to be. There was a huge changeover in their squad, and I think uh, in a couple of weeks' time they could have really got motoring. Um, I, I was looking forward to seeing them. Um, Sligo again with with the amount of injuries. I feel they have a really strong squad. I I was excited about this season and. Um, you know, I think Finn Harp starting so well. Um, I think they would only get better, and they, they were they have the makings of a really strong squad. So there was a lot of positives. I think, yeah, the the, the game in the game in Tallow, which which you've said, um, it's funny. Like when you lose a game like that, uh, it takes you weeks to get over it. Um, particularly particularly as a manager, you know, it takes a long time to get over. But for probably within within 20 minutes you know of, of leaving the ground the phone you you always get people contacting you it was amazing for that next three four days the amount of people who commented on the game how good it was how good it was for the league and for once in my life i probably got rid of my own sort of personal disappointment uh i'd say by saturday afternoon normally you know i'm kicking the neighbor's dog for about two weeks after losing the game, but probably by Saturday afternoon, it was amazing. You know, you turn on radio stations, you hear people talking about not just Jordan's goal, but the whole game in general, League of Ireland. Uh, as a fan of League of Ireland, I just uh, I was immensely proud to be part of it, obviously bitterly disappointed that uh, the game went against us. So um, it, it, I think the start of the season has been very good. Um, I think even, as I said, the likes of Sligo struggling, but I think there's, there's huge improvement in our league and um, I'm looking forward to get back up and running. Mm. What have you got against the neighbour's dog? Um, just just couldn't do this uh, out mm. out the back garden at the moment because he just barks all year long, but other than that... Uh, yeah, well, he'd be, he'd be breaching... Uh, Social distancing. If you went to kick him now, obviously, Vinny, so you, you can't be at that. But uh, well, I can't. I can't lose a game for the next little while. So the dog no. is set. That's actually oh. very true. Yeah, every manager will come back and say that their team has been unbeaten for three months. You know, if they mm-hmm. get a bit of grief after they lose their their first match. But um, Vinny, one thing that we're doing this week, we're, we are going to let you go briefly now. But uh, we're trying to put together a team, right? A best team of the last. 20 years see I think we should keep Vinny on for this so he can slate in each individual selection but I don't know what you think Dan well it's funny I have this debate uh, as I said I mentioned Barry Ferguson and Alan Murphy and this comes up okay, quite a lot this comes Vinny up with, let's keep Vinny on we'll keep Vinny yeah. on because no, uh, I just realised I haven't included a Longford player and yeah, Vinny's going to get aggro mm-hmm. because I think there's uh, I, I possibly could have included one in defence now um, okay no, well, see, see, let Vinny say his. But let's let Vinny say his spiel let, anyway. You, you've got to, you, you've got to. We've had this. I've had this row good few times, and there's been alcohol involved as well. And we've nearly came to blows the travels at different stages. If it's a four-four-two, which so many of these players in the in the 
noughties played under compared to a, a modern-day system of, say, 3-3. Mm. Three, three. They're two different teams. So, for example, Ke- Kevin Hunt, uh, well, he could play as a six, but Kevin Hunt, besides somebody like Richie Tell, is the perfect 4-4-2 midfield. But, you know, so there's different combinations. So uh, You do realise now we could only pick one player per club. Now, this made it complex. So, it was, it was, it was, uh, there's a lot more going on than trying to... Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one, you see. Either a system right, but it's the thing. This is a variation on it, you see, because like normally, let's just say, you know, you might pick a team in the last decade and you'd probably put, let's just say you put Andy Boyle, Daryl Horgan, and whoever mm. in it, you know, uh, Richie Tell, say that. But you can only put one of them in it, really. You know, oh. like that's the thing. You only pick one Dundalk player. Now, you get, obviously, they might have played for other clubs and you can shoehorn people in through various ways, but... That is the challenge with this team. It is, it is difficult. So yeah, but okay. So uh, 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 where you have to be careful of is I'm not accepting Jason Bourne for Bray Wanderers though. Oh, uh, I'm putting him you have Bray. That was my. That was mm. I. That was my. That's how I was getting him in. So. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Go on, I, I have a Let me hear. Let, let's go right down. Will we go player by player then? No, no. Go with your eleven, John. Go with your eleven. Oh God. Right, this is this is not good. Right, <laughs> goalkeeper Brian Murphy, Bohemians, right okay. back. Now this is people are going to deride my back four and this team. Vinny, I, I honestly, if Vinny were to coach this team, he'd have a lot of difficulty because there isn't much defensive cover. Anyway, Sean Gannon, Dundalk. Yeah. Sean Maher, who would have been my sporting fingal selection. Okay. Graeme Gartland for Drogheda United. Okay. And this is your a similar one to you, Dane Massey, Bray Wanderers. Okay. And uh, now midfield is Jack Byrne, Shamrock Rovers, Keith Fahey, St Patrick's Athletic, and Joseph and Doe, Sligo Rovers. Um, Creative. Not yeah. sure about the defensive cover there, but, but <laughs> then up front you have Holly McCourt, Sean McGuire, and Wes Hoolan, uh, Derry, Cork City, Shelburne. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You, you see, you, you, Vinny, you Vinny, any managerial comments on that there? Yeah, uh, like, <laughs> first of all, um, the goalkeeper, there's no doubt he's been the best goalkeeper in the last 20, 25 years. Uh, so I'll give you that one. The problem with it I have is, like, Jason Bourne and Glenn Crow and Pa Huben for their goals cannot be missed out of any team of the last 20 years. That's I, I just know. can't I see how one of the though. three of them aren't in the oh, team. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, yeah, I'll yeah. give you my team. I'll give you my team, and then we can we can we can we can dissect it, right? So I did go for a four-four-two, although I, I can see why there would be some problems with it. Um, so I went for Gary Rogers in goals with Sligo Rovers. Although someone, I was annoyed that we put this out on public on Twitter earlier, and some people actually come up with suggestions. I was like. Ah crap! I should have put him in as some other club and would have got right. a Sligo player in elsewhere. But I have to stick through with the one that I had rather than changing it because of what people in had. Person. So Gary Rogers in gold. I put Sligo Rovers down. I put Owen Heary from Shells a right back. I put Jason Gavin Drada and Murray Cork centre halves. Uh, in Birmingham from some Pats at left back. Then. Midfield, okay. I had Paddy McCourt from Derry on one side. I'm raging I didn't include him as Finn Harps. I was going to think about that. Then centre mid, I put Sean Williams from my sporting Fingal player, just to give the team a number six, you know, type player. Both of a sporting Fingal player there. Yeah. 
Uh, and then I, I had put in Jack Byrne as my Shamrock Rovers player. And then I put Daryl Horgan on the left side to have my... I still think Daryl, the level he hit in 2016 was a really high mm. level. And yeah. as, a, you know, as a left winger, definitely. And then my front two was Jason Byrne and Glenn Crow. Jason Byrne from Bray and Glenn Crow as my Bowes player. Are you so any Cork City player? Uh, Dan Murray. Yeah, you had Dan Murray. Sorry, okay. I was between Murray and Bennett, um, and like I mean, I was. I can't believe I don't have Wes. I don't have Keith Batty. I don't have Joseph and Doe. Ronan Finn was another one as well because he basically mm. played in the league for for fifteen years. I know, actually Kevin think Doyle. our teams are so dissimilar they could take each other on, and Jack and Paddy McCore could swap halves or something. See, see, the issue I have with both these is I think you just showing your age here because any team that's forgetting Kevin Hunt, Colin yeah. Hunt. Yeah, Colin Hawkins, Hawkins was yeah. outstanding. Um, uh, Mark Rutherford, okay, he's in there with it. Yeah, he, he would have nearly been coming to the end. But I put when Mark Rutherford is, got his best, um, the problem with age, he was difficult to play against. Mm. Yeah, like if I put Colin Hawkins in as a Pats or a Bowes player, like then I'm, I'm did, taking out or a shell, like you're taking out own Heary. Shells, mm. you know, Glenn Crow. Well, he, he did play for Galway, did he not? Hawks, he didn't, no. He never played for... He's one of those many Galwegians who never played for Galway. Never United. played. And, and Kevin Hunt was one that maybe... I thought about putting Kevin Hunt in, but then you're taking Glenn Crow out, you know? And Vinny, who would you have had? Jason Gavin or Graham Garton? Because I, I actually got on to Paul Doolan this morning because, like, I do need um, to get help here. And he said Rick, Jason Gavin was a really good player. Now, I, 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 have, I have a very good memory of Garton, but, I mean, it could be well wrong in this. Yeah, I suppose. Look, um, geez, Gar- Garth would kill me if I never said him. Like, and and don't worry, he'll 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 point it out. Jason, Jason was a top top player. Didn't play a huge amount in our league because he was away, mm-hmm. and then he came back and different things. So, you know, Graham had a, had a, a great career. But I'd put Hawkins probably the best centre half. I think I've I've seen in the league in twenty years. Um, really? Again, yeah, Colin Hawkins at his very best. I mean, okay, it's a little bit before that, but think of that um, around that time when Pat Dolan had that team. Mm. Um, Hawkins was mm. outstanding that team with. If you think of that midfield three, like, like, of all, like the way you wax lyrical about people, Johnny, think about this midfield three Paul Ozam, uh, Martin Russell, and, uh, and Eddie Gormley. Eddie Gormley. Like, I remember them that playing tr- that three, yeah. I'm not sure how fit they are compared to the modern day player, the three of them, but I'll tell you what yeah. they were. Three proper footballers. Their Ingles technical in, quality that was unbelievable with, tre- at that with time. Trevor Malloy off Ingles in, like mm. that was that was a proper team. And again, we're f- we we forget some of them people. So yeah, for me, Hawks is right has to go right in there. But you know, um, I think Sean Sean Mara was a smashing centre back, smashing player, and and had a good decent enough career when he was in Britain as well. Again, people forget Andy Boyle got capped, more or less capped. I know he moved mm. to Preston, but he got capped at the time on the back of 2016 and his, his run of form yeah. at the age, mm. um, which is oh, yeah. pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah. And I know, I know I'd obviously have favouritism to some of the Dundalk lads, but Andy was Andy at that stage was really at the top of his game and, um, in 16. So. Yeah, it, it is funny though. Like you, you sort of forget. It's actually a good thing how many good players there has been. I didn't even mention Gary Twig, for example, who like mm. had a you know such a an impact on on Shamrock Rovers. You know when he went in there initially, and um, you, but you you are right. You go back to that. Like the league was very good at the start of the two thousands and right through that time when 
I mean, we, we were speaking earlier, Vinny, about the, the Satanta Cup finals that have been repeated, and I saw there was a bit of, I think then someone put up footage, of, was it Longford beating Linfield in the early rounds of the, the first Satanta Cup, and like you just you just you see players and you got a god you completely forget you know you just completely forget about individuals even people like Trevor Malloy back in the start of the two thousands and uh, mm. other members of that Bowes team that did okay in Europe and that Shells team and John O'Flynn and Cork George O'Callaghan um you know if you're talking about left fulls like you Danny Murphy and people like that you know even Simon Webb as well he was he cropped Simon up Webb, like Simon Webb yeah. could have been a draw there or Bowes player who was the best player you played against Vinny actually. Uh, uh, definitely, I would say um, Kevin Hunt. Definitely Kevin Hunt. Uh, probably played against him more than... Obviously, I played with and against people like Keith Fahey, who were outstanding. But Kevin Hunt, because it was over such a long period of time. Uh, I marked Paddy McCourt as well, but Paddy, mm. Paddy moved on then. And I remember Paddy got the ball from a throw-in in Richmond Park. I was playing for Pats at the time, right in front of the dugout. And he, he got it on the far side of him. He held me off with his arm. And I tackled him. He ran this full, length of the, full width of the pitch, and I tackled him over the far side of the ground. And I just ran after him. He just played, played with me for like a little boy for maybe 40 <laughs> yards, 50 yards. And I'll never forget getting up going, what are you doing, Paddy? Give us a break. And he gave me a smile. But, <laughs> but in terms of, like, Kevin Hunt could run games from midfield and, we went up against it, and he had a he had a brilliant pass with the ball, but he had a nasty streak to him as well. Like he'd mm. he was such a such a lovely fella that you know he got away with it. And remember once he he, he accidentally caught me with his elbow and he apologised to me. And remember uh, Graham um, or uh, Kelly Alan Kelly was refereeing, and he said to me, "Oh no, that was Kevin. That was only an accident." I went, "If I'd have done yeah. it straight red, but <laughs> he, uh, uh, Kevin had that knack to him." But yeah, I would say Kevin Hunt. Um, Really top class, and over such a long period, and it, as well, what for? And it, maybe it's my personality, but also the fact he became a legend at Bowls. Like um, he was time. there for so long, um, that sort of adds to it for me. It's a bit like Owen Harry done so well at Shelbourne, and you know he's you know people like that. So, but yeah. um, I think that that adds to it. When I'm picking my best players, I, I I see people like you know Sean Gannon for. Dundalk and he's been there for so long and he's won so many trophies you see people like that you know Kevin Hunt is a Gary Twig is a, as you said is a Rovers legend and there's been there's been so many of them and I remember uh, going back at, I don't know whether you remember this one Dan but Baba Livingston for Pats oh, yeah. oh, of course yeah. how like, good I mean, was he in midfield yeah. he? Uh, I was actually retired, thinking of including him retired criminally criminally young you know just through through misfortune and no, I mean, I mean, and, and of course, like, I mean, I, I must actually look back and see how many seasons he played for. It feels like it was only two, two and a half, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone's going to correct me on that. But here's one for you, Dan. This one could be interesting if we go for it in next week or whenever, whenever we're on again. The best overseas League of Ireland eleven. Yeah, that would be that would be a, a that'd be a challenge, one, you know. Or or even you could do one on on like say internationals to have played in the league as well, you know, mm. including Irish ones because. And the good thing, I mean, I think we didn't include Seamus Coleman. We didn't include Enda Stevens, although you could nearly have had a shout for, for Stevens because he, he played for a couple of seasons. Maybe Kevin Doyle, Keith Fahey, mm-hmm. like Wes. I mean, I mean, it's sort of a mad that you did include Wes, you know, but you, you could actually pick a pretty decent team out of them. But maybe overseas 11 is one uh, to think about because um, it's, it's, again, these, these, uh, 
these sort of repeats of games. I saw people talking about the, the draw the goalkeeper from Finland, Nico Vilman, and they made this yeah. penalty right, yeah. shootout save against Linfield. Like completely forgotten that he'd been mm. in the league. You know, they had John Tamburis and uh, the Australian guy, and you know, obviously now there's there's, there's a lot. But uh, around that time when there was more money around, there was obviously quite a few uh, dipping in and out of the league, and you know, around that time too. Um, we'd obviously Avery John, encourage Avery John, Avery John, Avery John, Avery John, John. World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. We'd obviously World encourage um, all the uh, guys that follow us and all the all the, the men and women out there to send in their teams as well. I, if we're if we're going to wrap up, Dan, should we not? Should we ask uh, yourself and Vinny one left field piece of advice in terms of getting through this lockdown? What's something a little bit a little bit obscure that's like a good idea? Like for example. Planting vegetables or going for a swim. That's, you, that, that, that's your that's your big thing. You're on about planting vegetables yeah. and going for a swim. Like I, yeah. I, 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 medicinal it's, cannabis. It's, 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 it's That's the joke. I, that, I, I don't think I have any left field advice. I I I, I, I honestly like you know it's I, I'm not sure if we're the best people to sort of uh, preach about it because we're, we're you know we're used to spending a certain amount of time working at home so we're not necessarily having to to reinvent ourselves i'll have a thing i mean can you have something a bit more left field john like i don't know i don't i have to think about it don't don't, yeah you're a healthy you're a healthy man give us something there kicking the dog or something like that no like it's interesting one and i know and i know you're you're um you're looking for something left field but it is one it is that time where you know, may, I said maybe pick up a book, read something mm. a little bit different. Um, you know, you get you, and I, you know, I think the players to look at me sometimes and think I've got ten heads, and maybe now it's a good example of them. It's easy to binge on Netflix. It's easy if you're into computer games to sit up all night playing um, FIFA and all of that you're stuff. Not educating but, yourself though. Yeah, but like, but if you if and the, the point about it is if 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 you're someone like me who reads books quite a lot or you know. Then I have actually put the books away and gone into Netflix. Does that make sense? So yeah. it's yeah. like trick. It's tricking myself a little bit where I'm going. You know, I've watched a good bit of Netflix lately, where I normally would have no time for Netflix. Or again, if you're into, if, if you're if you're in the middle of watching some series and you cover it in a whole day, well then you're doing something wrong for me. So um, and it is an opportunity if you can do it in a safe way. I would say go do a bit of running or physical exercise, and you might actually enjoy it. So. Um, yeah. Sorry, I think it's 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 one of them times where uh, it's an opportunity to be a little bit serious and and, and uh, look after your brain. I think uh, I, I actually would worry most about not physical health of people at the moment. I think most people in this country are healthy enough, particularly young people. It's the mental health I'd be a little bit worried about at the moment. I could yeah, agree with I, I, I think I'd it's a big challenge thinking, in that one. I'd, I'd be thinking, yeah, I. I like, you know, ring people rather than just engaging with people in WhatsApp groups. You know, people don't ring each other that much anymore. But, yes. but it's funny, I find that when you're when you're maybe being sat in the whole day, uh, just having a conversation with someone uh, bizarrely can just... I know, I know people are doing, like, Zoom group chats or whatever it might be, or, you know, group calls, and that is taking off. But even just ringing people. And also, uh, if you do go out to a supermarket or a petrol station or whatever it might be, I'd say thank the staff because mm. uh, there there's a lot of people in the service industry now who are probably putting up with a lot of crap. But uh, we're getting a bit preachy, John, and then that we road. are. 
But I, I'd, uh, I, I'd suggest try to get into get get for a dip into the into the open water. If you if you're anywhere near the sea, I think it's brilliant for your minds. And otherwise, try to do exercises, uh, read as Vinny says, and do a bit of cooking. You know, just educate yourself. Do stuff that you wouldn't otherwise do. I well, think that's a great point about making a call as well to talking to people. And I'm a keen. I I should let you know, I'm a very keen gardener. So um, right. it's an opportunity right. to get into your garden to start the spring. You'll, I, I, you'll get is, the benefits. This is it, Vinny. This is just one last question for you. What's Stephen Kenny doing in his lockdown? What would you suggest the, the big man is doing to, to keep the show on the road? Because he's, he's a man that wants to be out there. I hope he's watching uh, Slovakia. No, I joke, of course. Um, <laughs> um, I imagine, uh, to be honest with you, again, he's, he, he is a, he's into a lot of different things. Um, he is. He's big but, into his sports, which is all off. All off, yeah. So the two of us are missing our cricket at the moment and different mm. bits and pieces. So, again, Jesus, I, 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 I know him that well. I can't even answer that question because he's so into sport and uh, reading different things that he he will. But uh, I, I've had a, I, I've spoken to him a couple of days ago, and we've had, we'll have a couple of political debates and things like that. We'll make up something to have a row about. I'm sure over the next couple of days. So I presume he's keeping himself one, busy. I don't know. That's all. Uh, that's all for discussion. We'll debate mm, that another day. Notes anyway. uh, I guess that's it, Dan. Is it? It is, John. We'll uh, we'll reconvene whenever, whenever we can. Um, Stephen Kenny's actually just hang on. He's he's on the WhatsApp here, and he's just given out about uh, the inclusion of my left back. Actually, no, he's not. <laughs> um, thanks very much for listening, Vinny. Thanks a million for coming on. Yeah, stay safe, and uh, hopefully we're back. You know, at a ground somewhere soon. Daniel, yeah, exactly. um, best of luck with the hair. Yeah, cheers, John, and, yeah. and yourself. Leave and along, yourself. Maybe, maybe, maybe your, your path might be covered by the end of it. All right? See you, lads. But there are limits to your life.